You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to Locked On Mavericks for uh, November 9th, 2016. We're in a new world, in a new world where the Mavericks have two wins, everyone. We appreciate you listening. Locked On Mavericks, of course, you can find us every single day. Uh, just sort of a bite-sized Mavericks post-game show. I'm Jay Kemp, he's Mike Marshall, and we're going to power through this thing. That's what I have to say for you today. We're, uh, we're both going to find solace in this world in sport um, that's what it's here for. Hawks got a big win last night over the Cavs. If you're interested in uh, just general NBA stuff, you can go check out the uh, Locked on Hawks podcast. But, uh, hey, you can follow him at Machine Sports and me at, at Not Jack Kemp. If you're interested in advertising with us, because uh, there's, you know, a lot of people hearing this. It's not just you. It's not just you on your lunch break hearing this. There's several of you. Hit us up. What's the email machine? Uh, LockedOnMavs at gmail.com would be the email. Or you can hit us up on Twitter at LockedOnMavs. We'll, uh, uh, we'll, we'll sell get, your we'll stuff. Reach out to you. Absolutely. Almost, almost anything. Nearly almost anything. Almost anything. Um, so I was pretty bullish on the Lakers coming into the year. I took the over uh, on their win total. But I'm also mm-hmm. uh, a massive Mavs homer. And I looked really silly through the first week and a half of the season, especially with Dirk's injury. Um, and took the over on them as well. Thought they would end up being a playoff team. Might have made another bet against that last night because I just can't stop. Um, But going into this game with the Lakers, as you highlighted yesterday on the podcast, um, it was really just more of a a struggle of styles as the Mavericks have been playing at a really slow pace but defending pretty well. The Lakers have have been playing at a ridiculously fast pace, fastest pace in the league for them. Um, So I guess I'm interested in your take on how uh, that all shook out last night as far as the contrast and styles. Yeah, it was going to be a struggle for pace, basically, because the Mavericks uh, like to run about a uh, 95 uh, possession pace per 48 minutes, and the Lakers like to run at about 106. So, And that's what we talked about in terms of turnovers yesterday, too. That number of turnovers and that percentage is fine if you're generating you know, 105-plus possessions a game. But whenever it gets cranked down to 92 like it was last night, that's a completely different ball game. Um, And that's the thing that young teams don't know how to do, I feel, which is consistently uh, crank the pace up and keep that in the back of their minds, that that's why we're playing so well, is because we're generating uh, better looks by pushing the basketball and stuff like that. And the Mavs just kind of out-savvied them last night. Um, The Lakers still, (laughs) they shot really stinking well uh, from three um, it felt like, I don't know what the raw numbers are, I can find them here in about two seconds, but it felt like every time they needed a uh, a big three to hang in the game, particularly in the third quarter uh, and into the uh, the fourth, I guess it's over, what, 39% from three? It felt a lot more than that. Um, but uh, if D'Angelo Russell doesn't get that foul, um, I think it was late in the third, I think this game is a lot tighter than uh, 
than it was last night whenever the Mavs went on that 10-0 stretch in the fourth quarter. And just um, could not be more impressed with Harrison Barnes uh, and his confidence level. And Seth Curry as well. Mavericks played a really, really short bench, um, only playing eight guys. But it was it was all about pace. And it was all about turnovers. And the Lakers did something that they um, usually don't do, which is let you bomb them from three. So, yeah, it's uh... – as you said, there's a couple of key moments here uh, late in this game as uh, I think what, what was it? it was within two points pretty late in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't this did not feel like a 12 point win. No, uh, absolutely n- not, not at all. It was a if you look at the um, you know, they do the, like the line, the line graph thing where like right. the lines will be chasing each other. There's a moment and it's seven minutes left in the fourth. Um where at 7.56, it's tied. At uh, 7.31, Lou Williams hits two free throws, and the Lakers go up 91-89 uh, for a second there. And then Harrison Barnes scores seven straight points for the Mavericks. Man, um, and one of them was just an absolute – he took somebody to the rack mm-hmm. with uh, zero hesitation, the floater. Yep, yep. And, I haven't uh, seen that yet. Dude, his confidence is out of this world right now. Like, he's hunting fouls. Like yeah. Harden esque, like he wants to get you in a weird off balance position and get your arms up and and try and get to the free throw line. He he knows like I for this to work, I have to be borderline dominant on the offensive end, and he was, dude. I can't I can't believe what we're seeing, quite honestly. Um, and we talked about Randall and Mozgov and how they can throw a slew of dudes at him. It didn't matter. Like no, they, they were trying to chase him around the perimeter, and he was like. No, I'm so much faster than you, um, and it's incredible, man. Back-to-back 30-point games. I've got a ton of stats on him if we want to dive into that here in just a second, but closing out a game, only playing eight dudes, and being able to manipulate the pace against a team that's trying to run you off the court in their home court, uh, on their home court, very impressive to me to get a win in Los Angeles against the Lakers. Yeah, there's no doubt. And then you mentioned the short bench, but um, they're obviously still without Dirk. So they're without Dirk, starting Finney Smith, and uh, basically, I don't know if it's that they still like Anderson coming off the bench there or not. He has and Justin Anderson is obviously having a rough year uh, to start the season, mm-hmm. but he was pretty decent last night. But man, he Curry's Curry's game in the pick and roll last night was just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh. Didn't just get roasted um, off the bench, you know. He, by, he forced uh, some turnovers, which is – He did force a few turnovers. He's got the Beret-ass quick hands. Clarkson did give him 22. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I I, can't believe what I'm seeing. And there was, a, there was a couple times last night where you can tell that he gets a little bit lost on the pick and roll. I think it was Clarkson finding uh, Mozgov. Mm-hmm. There were, uh, I think – I mean, Mozgov only had four points, so – it might have been just this one sticks out, but uh, where he just got a little bit lost in no man's land. But outside of that, uh, he gave them, you know, he gave them 31 valuable minutes and scored 23 points. And to go back to Barnes, the thing is, is that he's scoring 30 points without actually hitting threes. Yep. It's not like he's just sitting out there bombing from three uh, and you look at it and think, oh, this is not sustainable. It's isolation. It's... Uh, it's backing people down. It's mm-hmm. it's a true ball handler scoring attack. I 
I still can't believe it. Now, another rough night shooting from Wes Matthews from threes. He goes one for four. Uh, and I have two of those came on the same possession <laughs> where he just took one, Swing. got the kick out, and took another one, which is just the all-time <laughs> encapsulation of Wes Matthews right now where he's like, I don't care, I'm shooting. Won't take no for an answer. That was unbelievable. Yeah, he's kind of got that weird thing about him right now where he's trying to meet every single challenge with like more aggression. And he's just yeah. like he's like just spinning his wheels in mud, and like by the second half, like his half of his truck is buried in some, <laughs> in, some in some ditch. But uh, here's some numbers on. Um, oh, and I, I I'd like to say Wes had a really good game by Wes standards at this point um, because of the seven assists, uh, only taking ten shots. Um, he didn't have to guard anybody necessarily that's going to threaten you consistently. So we didn't get a uh, you know, there weren't those moments on defense that we like, but just fitting in and distributing the basketball and not dribbling the stinking air out of it um, was pretty cool for me. But here's some Barnes numbers for you. Um, let's see. He's second in the league now in terms of uh, percentage of his per, uh, possessions that are in isolation. Mm-hmm. Second in basketball at 26.1. Uh, the only person that uses more isolation possessions than him is Jamal Crawford. Um, 1.30 points per possession in isolation. Um, and shooting 63% on isolation perse- possessions. Um, in terms of uh, where that ranks, the 1.30 points per possession, that's the 89th percentile. You can't do a ton better than that <laughs> No. In, in basketball right now. He has 18 drives in his last two games. Uh, he had eight last night, ten the night the game before, uh, shooting fifty two point nine percent on drives over his last four games. Um, he's looking to get fouled, which is very impressive. Like I don't I don't know where this confidence came from, but it's insane. And uh, over the last three, it's twenty seven point three points per game, seven rebounds per game, shooting fifty two five, and a twenty seven point seven usage rate, which is north of uh, C.J. McCollum, Blake Griffin, Damn. LeBron James, and Mike Conley <laughs> on the season. So, dude, well, he's, so he's, he's putting the team for. on his back. Yeah. He's putting them on his back. And it's pretty obvious what they did in the fourth quarter whenever they needed buckets. Yep. And whenever they needed yep. answers. Like, it was all Harrison Barnes. And, and one of uh, one of the buckets late was uh, a Berea three that was completely created by him just bully balling to the basket, drawing in like two or three defenders and kicking it out. Yep. Uh, which I don't even know that I've seen him do that. Yeah. Like that's the next level mm-hmm. is whenever you're making everyone else offensively better. Uh, like that was I can't remember which it was definitely in the fourth quarter where he just ducked his shoulder and then Berea with zero hesitation. Dude, if you give Berea space, he will absolutely beat you from deep um, off the catch. It's, yeah. He's a, he's, a, he's a decent catch-and-shoot uh, yeah. spot-up guy. But the thing that um, is really impressive with Barnes is not only isolation, it's off screens as well. He has a 1.33 points possession off of uh, 18 off-screen possessions, which is basically just Woo. running running movement for him, like pin-downs pin downs and things like that. And then pick as the pick and roll uh, dive man, uh, 17 points on 13 possessions at a 1.308. Both of those are above the 80th percentile. And, dude, he's such a problem for power forwards 
um, with his speed um, and with his like ability to pump fake and be two steps by you. It's it's something you can't deal with if you don't have a really really unique defender at the four. And they tried to put Lou Williams on him last night to match his speed, or not Lou Williams, uh, Nick Young on him to match his speed. And you saw what happened, man. He worked down the post. He got he he bullied somebody into a uh, into a wide open jump shot. I don't know how all this is working, quite honestly. Yeah, it almost makes you <clears> – <throat> and I know you highlighted that Wes, his game doesn't necessarily show up in the box score. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they had like a – if uh, I'm going to allow myself to dream for a minute. Okay. If they had Barnes and Parsons yep. on the floor at the same time, I think this thing would be dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of what my dream was whenever everybody started kicking around Harrison Barnes. I remember it was a couple years ago, <clears throat> you mentioning to me that like Cuban loved him coming out of college. Yeah, he does. And my thought was, well, how's that going to work with CP? And, you know, a couple people last night were like, you know, this is – what Barnes is doing is better than anything Parsons ever did as a Maverick. Mm-hmm. And while right now, statistically, that's certainly true, I think you have to point out that Parsons never really got healthy extended time with Dirk out. Right. Parsons never had a twenty eight percent usage, um, and he never at, he never at, ran without to play Dirk. the four. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. it's just tough for me to really gauge. Like I feel like the we've talked about this ad nauseum, but I feel like the future of Barnes is definitely at the four. Oh, it has to be, man. That's that, and that's, I feel like that's one elite thing you have. Yeah, but. It's just still going to be weird whenever Dirk comes back because yep. even whenever Dirk comes back and he can offer you, you know, phenomenal spacing mm-hmm. and just his general leadership on the floor, it's going to put your best player back into a suboptimal position. Yeah, and if you if you allow yourself to like start building forward and realizing like, I mean, if Mav is like peak this year, might be eighth or seventh seed if they get everything perfectly working, then you look towards the future in a roadmap into things that. <laughs> Things that actually um, are sustainable and things that make you better than the other team on a nightly basis. And Barnes at the four uh, is is an elite trick that they have at this moment. And I think <laughs> I, re- I realized yesterday that Wes Matthews is probably going to get amnestied in July of next year. And I started trying to build a team around Barnes at the four. And there's a lot of tricks you can do, man. Um, there are a lot of options that you can build around that guy if he's playing like this. Um, but you know, we'll have plenty of podcasts for that kind of stuff. Well, <clears throat> I think that more than thinking about amnestying, more than thinking about amnestying Matthews, I think you, we, the more probable scenario is that Dirk opts out and takes a, either retires mm-hmm. because he can't play. Uh, he's not enjoying it because of his health or, you just have to eat one year of having a $20 million player coming off the bench. Yeah. Yeah. Which is not like, I mean, you're paying it either way. Exactly. So it's like, to me, I would rather have, uh, and look, I don't know if they found something off the bench for the future with Finney Smith. Mm-hmm. I don't know that Anderson is a, you know, there's just, there's not a lot of punch to an Anderson Matthews Barnes two, three, four. Right. I mean, you would have to have someone other than JJ Barea or, uh, Darren Williams playing point. I mean, and if our dream scenario is for them to draft a point guard this offseason, that guy's probably not starting year one. Yeah, I think I think um, their their perfect scenario is bringing 
JJ and Justin Anderson off the bench at the seven-minute mark pretty regularly because you saw last night what Justin Anderson did when he just went in there for three minutes and got to go crazy. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think he's a starter at this point. I don't think he has the mentality for it. I think he, you know, turns turns the engines down to like seven and, uh, you know, just plays real balanced basketball but doesn't give you anything that makes any kind of a difference. And whenever he runs in there off the bench, I feel like he, he plays like a like his hair is on fire. Like he, yeah. he, he gives you a skill set that isn't there um, otherwise. But if you're bringing those two guys off the bench at the seven-minute mark, you're probably not bringing Dirk off the bench. In that scenario, Dirk yeah. is still probably a starter. Right. And I don't think – it's just all so connected and complicated. It's mm-hmm. not necessarily that – okay, so Matthews has been bad, but if he's just your three mm-hmm. and you have another scoring punch at two – then maybe you don't look at him as like, Jesus, dude, you've got to be able to give me something offensively. Right. Because then he's just a wing player who doesn't really have to ever go off the bounce. Yeah. And, and, so and I don't if, know. And I if mean, you're starting Dirk um, and that's not your best lineup, uh, eventually you're going to start looking at the numbers and the net rating going, why am I not starting my best lineup? Yeah. Why am I spotting these people five points before I, I substitute in and slide Barnes up to the four? And that's, you know, that's been a big thing with me for, with the Mavericks for a long time um, since they've had these first quarter problems. They even had them last year for a long stretch of time. Um, and it's like, okay, you're paying this person this amount of money. They're a veteran, blah, blah, blah. But you're playing short stacked for five minutes in the first quarter. Uh, and, yeah. that, and, that, and that was with Zaza last year. That's where it, that's whenever it drove me insane. I was like, "You can't start him. You just can't. Why are you? Why are you? Why are you playing with fewer chips immediately and making and coloring the entire pr- impression of the game to now you're chasing?" But yeah. I don't know. I mean, Barnes at, <laughs> Barnes at the four is one special things. One special thing we have. Well, tonight we get uh, our benevolent overlords who gave us that one special thing. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you, Kevin Durant. Based God, yeah. based God Kevin Durant. Um, You'll never be able to look at them without thinking about – I mean, especially if the Mavs end up actually being able to build something out of uh, – around Barnes. And, right. Look, I'm, I'm not saying that I think even through, you know, seven games, and even if he keeps doing this, I don't know that he can be like the best player on a championship team, but – you know, I've been a big advocate over the last couple of years of the the NBA Intercontinental Championship. <laughs> yeah. We're not you're not beating you're we're not in the mix with Golden State, San Antonio, Cleveland, mm-hmm. and really that's probably about it. Dude, he's gonna threaten he's gonna threaten for an all star spot. He's, now I did pass that bet up last night because I thought you know what that I could actually see. He's he's gonna threaten to be an all star. I I guarantee you right now. Um because he's going to hang around 20 points. He's going to hang around seven rebounds. Um, and he's going to get credited for every single Mavericks win that they have. And they're about to be better um, than they started out. And everyone's going to think the narrative is going to be he did all of it. And they're not necessarily wrong. I'm just saying uh, easy easy headlines that you know national all-star voters or coaches that pick teams can can chew off. He's, he's going to be in the all-star contention. He has three 30-point games in the first seven games. Like – that's that's bananas. Um, yeah. If you want a couple other quick stats before we get out of here, that was the first time this season the Mavs have shot 40% from three. Uh, actually, the first time they shot north of 38% from three. Uh, the well, lo- it's, whenever Curry scores 23 points on 15 yeah, shots, I'm hoping, that's, yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. I hope I hope they shoot well from three if Curry's going to launch that many. Um, the Lakers hadn't allowed one single opponent to shoot better than 36% on the season. So they had critical mass failure along the perimeter, uh, and the Mavs knocked it down. Um, a check-in on the, uh, the average Mavs first quarter this season. Last night was okay, but it was just like a perfectly average one for them in that they allow the, their opponent to score 26.6 points, uh, 48.4% from the field, 388 from three, and they spot their opponent 4.6 points on average in first quarters. Got to fix that. Yeah, that's tricky, especially given the <clears> – <throat> they're still playing just lineup gymnastics mm-hmm. because not only Dirk's out, Darren's out, um, you still want to – like you said, you still want to bring Anderson and Beret off the bench. Yep. You're, I don't know. I don't think it'd be There's crazy to start uh, Finney Smith and Seth Curry, <sighs> Seth Curry at this point, so that so that you get the most out of Berea and uh, Anderson coming off the bench. Well, a couple there was a, a few games ago they did start Curry, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. What was that the? That was when he didn't second? score. <laughs> yeah. That was the game right. he didn't score. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, all these dudes are so young and so like. Um, I mean, they're really talented, but confidence goes so stinking far for young dudes like that that I feel like Seth Curry is going to be different from this point forward. Harrison Barnes is going to be different from this point forward. Justin Anderson, I don't know. Um, It depends how they use him. But, yeah, we'll get uh, destroyed by the Warriors tonight, and then we have a nice uh, break till Monday night uh, in New York. Hey, but like I said, we just need a couple of these, and then uh, the schedule is, like, difficulty-wise pretty – Tough early, but mm-hmm. not necessarily uh, schedule schedule wise as far as back to backs and travel. Yeah, it's weird. Um, but there is a run in December where they're going to play a lot of teams that they can beat. Yeah, and try to level themselves back up to five hundred. Yeah, no, December January they're going to be at least a handful of games above five hundred for both. I those, think so for both those months, and they're going to be too good to. <laughs> they're going to work themselves out of a. Uh, <laughs> a premier draft pick in those two months. So just be prepared for that. But Don't – let's not go there yet. All right, well, we appreciate everyone listening to Locked On Mavericks today. Go check out Locked On Cowboys as uh, I'm sure our man is dealing with uh, the – now it's a coaching decision with Romo report oh that we all God. just got. Uh, so at least we don't have that to deal with. Like maybe uh, <laughs> in about a week, am I going to get the – Dirk's return is now just a coaching decision with as good as Barnes has been at the four. That's exactly what's going to happen, man. All right. Well, we appreciate you uh, finding a respite from all the insanity in the world with Locked On Mavericks. Listen every day. Subscribe. Let us know if you have any questions, maybe for a Friday uh, Friday show, especially since uh, after tomorrow we don't have a game for a couple of days. So, uh, yeah, holler at us, and uh, we appreciate you listening. See you, Mike. Later.